Good morning from St. John the Evangelist Catholic Church in Goshen, Indiana. Today is Sunday, July 7th, 2019, the 14th Sunday in Ordinary Time. Father Jose Arroyo explains how the disciples' example in today's Gospel helps us deepen our trust in God, even when facing life's tribulations. Many of us have experienced at some point, or at least long to experience, some joy after a period of much sadness, including after a period of mourning, after the loss of a loved one, or the failure of a proposed goal. It requires much trust in the Lord to believe that there is indeed light at the end of the tunnel. The prophet Isaiah says, Rejoice with Jerusalem and be glad because of her, all you who love her. Exult, exult with her, all you who were mourning over her. Now, how can we acquire a deeper sense of trust if what we desire is not always granted to us by God? Well, first of all, we don't always know what is best for us. But apart from that, the key is found in Psalm 123, our, our eyes are fixed on the Lord. You see, to have our eyes fixed on the Lord, of the Lord of all consolation, is better than being fixed on the consolations of God, which are not always present to us, are they? See, there's a difference between the God of consolations and the consolations of God. The consolations are not always there. Kind of like when we don't have any bubbly feeling when we have to obey our parents or our boss at work or when we have to have a difficult but important conversation with a loved one or when we have to change a dirty diaper after a long day. Let us fix our gaze on the crucified and risen Lord present at this altar today. In our second reading, taken from the letter to the Galatians, Paul says, May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. And I had to pause this morning and think how much of the world is with me still. Am I really crucified to the world? Many times, people who do not have faith carry a cross which they do not know where to place. That is the case with those who are terminally ill but do not know if there is a personal God and if he is capable of listening to their cry. How sad for an atheist or an agnostic to suffer yet do not have this faith that will sustain them, that will encourage them throughout their battle. Either way, the cross for us Catholic Christians is a sign of victory. Now yesterday we had our, our organist, James Richardson, is not here, uh, was not here, and he's not here yet. And so Father Royce Gregerson was the one who cantered yesterday. So um, I was going to 
say something, but since he was in my presence, I'm like, okay, this is my first time around in the English Mass, so let's wait for it. So when I got to the point, it said, St. Paul says in the second reading, from now on, let no one make troubles for me. I said, oh my goodness, this would be a great um, Episcopal model. So in case he becomes bishop one day, I'm going to suggest this to him. He can, that, that could be his, his Episcopal model. From now on, let no one make troubles for me. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Actually, in New York, I, I took care of a Franciscan priest. You may, know his, you may know his name. His name is Father Benedict Rochelle. So he was on EWTN. I said, Father Benedict. Um, I took care of him for a year after his car accident. I said, Father Benedict, can you believe in Latin America, there is a church called Pare de Sufrir, which means stop suffering. And without be missing a beat, he's like, good luck. <laughs> Today's gospel begins immediately after the final verse in last Sunday's gospel. So to put it into perspective, into context, it ended last Sunday like this. No one who sets a hand to the plow and looks to what was left behind is fit for the kingdom of God. Now this Sunday... After strong language about the difficulties of discipleship, Jesus immediately appoints 72 people to go ahead of him to every town and place he plans to visit, proclaiming that the kingdom of God is at hand. He is the kingdom of God. He is the king within us. He is God with us, the Emmanuel. Now he sends them in pairs and he sends them in pairs because the law of Moses, um, in the law of Moses, two witnesses were needed, were required for a testimony to be credible. And honestly, it was probably also safer to travel in pairs. Jesus admits it will be difficult. Like it is difficult for us, isn't it? That he is sending them out like lambs among wolves. Yet, they are to bring nothing with them, not even a money bag or sandals. You know, when we travel, we're like, well, I'm going to put this in, I'm going to put that in, just in case. And then after a while, you're like, oh my gosh. When you come back, you're like, I didn't even use half of it, but that's how we are, right? And they were not to greet anyone on the way so as not to be distracted from their mission as often we get distracted from our mission. What is God's will for us? Well, we have to, some, some people ask me that. Well, you have to look at what's your state in life. If you're married, then you have to do things as a married person would do. If you're single, the same way. Problem is when we swap it around, right? When they enter a house, the apostles, the, the, these 72 disciples, sorry, their message was simply peace, shalom. And the response they will receive may be positive at times, but other times negative. Either way, they are to know that the kingdom of God is at hand. Whatever you're going through, just know that God is still here with you. He accompanies you, and he's still present at this altar in the Eucharist. Now, they are not to demand special treatment, but eat and drink whatever is given them. They are to stay in one house and are not to look around for one that provides better accommodations. They are to heal the sick as a sign 
that the kingdom of God is at hand for them. Like Jesus' miracles, healing is a sign of the coming of the kingdom. If the town will not receive them, they are to shake the dust from their feet and move on. And I think we have to learn how to do this. When things don't work out as we want it, we propose something, people reject us, we just have to let go and let God. We have to move on. Even in the case of such rejection, these disciples should know that the kingdom of God is at hand. We should know that he's still with us. And when they return from their journeys, they are rejoicing. They are rejoicing because their mission has been, quote-unquote, successful. And I have to pause here because Mother Teresa used to say, St. Teresa of Calcutta, that we are not called to be successful. We are called to be faithful. And sometimes we feel like we have failed at things, maybe with our relationships or whatever goal we have, and we just have to know if we have done our best, then God is pleased. We do our best, God does the rest. Now, demons were under their power because, precisely because of Jesus' name. Jesus may have sent them out as lambs among wolves, but at the conclusion of this passage, he assures them that they have been given power over the enemy and nothing will harm them, not even serpents and scorpions. And this is their conviction. Are we convinced? Now, a key theme of today's gospel, as last Sunday's, is discipleship. Discipleship. Along with its challenges, its difficulties, but its rewards. But we know that sharing in the mission of Jesus is difficult. But everyone is called to do it. Not just some professionals trained for ministry. Not just father, not just deacon, not not just sister. But all of us have a place in the mission of the church. Pope Francis calls us all to be missionary disciples. We are to bring the gospel to all people, whether at home, at work, on social media, etc. Even for us today, the harvest is plentiful. May Our Lady intercede for us today. May we hear the Lord call us today by name and follow Him and follow him. May we live out our missionary vocation and be a joy to one another.